welcome back to Horror Curious, the podcast where one horror antichrist and one horror Christ take us through horror movies through space and time. Wow. I can't wait to find out which one of us is the Antichrist and which one is the Christ. Which one do you think you are? I'm assuming I'm the Antichrist in this situation. Well, originally, yes. Okay. Of course, I thought of myself as the the horror Christ. Why wouldn't you? Uh, You're being sacrificed for everyone else's sins, everyone else's horror sins. That's not where I went, but I like where you're going with this. Okay. Uh, But if I don't like horror movies, maybe I'm the Antichrist. Oh, I see what you did there. Well, maybe we'll figure this out by the end of this uh, episode. Maybe we will. Huh. Uh, today we are watching The Omen from 1976. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, what can you tell us about The Omen? Well, I can tell you that um, it's from 1976. <laughs> it was uh, directed by Richard Donner, hmm. um, who went on to be quite a heavy-duty director. He he's the sole uh, survivor of the Donner Party, right? That is correct. Yeah, he ate all of the yeah. rest of the family. Uh, he's a big dude. Yeah, no joke. Um, yeah, don't don't go to his lunch parties; they get weird. Uh, Richard Donner ended up directing Superman. Ended up directing no, yeah, ended what? up directing The Goonies. Ended really? up directing uh, the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, that's. Man, if I had just done a little bit of research, I wouldn't be so surprised right now. Yeah, you wouldn't. Though it's, I mean, it should include you in because Sloth from the Goonies does show up in the Omen. Does he? No, oh. he doesn't. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, was he the guy in the end in the like the ancient ruin? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's him. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Uh, wow, trivia straight off the bat. Right there, right there for you. Um. What I can say about The Omen and my experience with The Omen, they used to show this movie on TV when I was a kid. Why would they do that? Um, What channel was it on? ABC? No. Yeah. Isn't that like the family channel? Um, Well, it is now. Hmm. Back then it was mostly softcore porn and The Omen. (laughs) Mostly porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally the wonderful Walt Disney. I grew up in the wrong era. Yeah, you really did. 70s were something else, I'll tell you what. Um, Yeah, no, they would show this on TV like once every couple of years, I, the first few times I saw this movie was on network television, um, edited down of course, but, um, mm. it, it scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. What did they edit out of it? Um, like some of the more graphic death scenes. Mm. Um, so you don't see the head getting, <laughs> you don't over yeah. and over and over again. <laughs> you don't get to see that. Yeah. Cause it really isn't, it's not too graphic. There's not that. Yeah, that's the only one that's really graphic. Yeah, I mean, there's like a falling out of the window, and there's a stake falling behind someone. Yeah, I recall seeing that, and I feel like I saw like the nanny death. So yeah, they may not have cut a lot of it out. Mm. Um, yeah, this was a highly popular movie. It made a ton of money. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's riding on the heels of The Exorcist, which was also. Uh highly popular movie made a ton of money as well another movie we should probably watch because i haven't seen it oh we'll watch it don't you worry about it uh when did you see this movie for the first time then i was probably 10 or 11 maybe Hmm. yeah it's a it's the right age to see this movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and what were your parents doing when you were watching this they probably getting super drunk um I no, I imagine they were probably. My mom was probably there watching it with me. I would imagine, but 
it's interesting thinking back to how I felt about this movie as a kid and watching it now as an adult because it's it's a bit different. But we'll we'll get into it okay. as we go through the movie. But um, how about do you want me to hit you with the synopsis? Do you want to do the synopsis? This sure, time? why not? Hit it up. Did you have one at the ready? Uh, I just had the Google synopsis, but go ahead, give us a synopsis. Um, so the ambassador to at the beginning of the movie, the ambassador to Italy. Um, has lost a child um, at childbirth, and he's convinced to adopt this other child and not tell his wife of this. So as the child grows older, we start to learn that maybe something's a bit off with this child. Um, and we progress through to find that perhaps there's satanic things happening behind the scenes. Hmm. Good synopsis. The Google synopsis is full of spoilers. Is it? Yeah. It basically describes, it just walks you through the plot. It's just a, yeah. Like, yeah. Like a synopsis. Like a, like a, like really a synopsis. synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. What were your first impressions? You hadn't seen this before. Yeah. I had never seen it. Uh, I think I had heard of it. I had to have heard of it. Uh, but I had never seen it. It sounds sounded scary. Yeah. Did you know the name Damien going into this? Yeah. Okay. I think I think I knew like the only thoughts in my head were the omen and Damien and I want to say the dogs. I remember oh, like I okay. just but I could be thinking of another. Isn't there another horror movie where there's like a dog? Like, there's Cujo. Yeah. That's Is that what you're thinking of? Probably what I was thinking. Maybe. Of. Yeah. Are these were these dogs not Cujo? Those weren't Cujo. Okay. <laughs> All the Cujos. <clears throat> They didn't show up in this right. movie. Then forget the dogs. Okay. The only thing in my head was the Omen and Damien. Okay. Uh, it sounded scary. Yeah. Wasn't sure I was going to like it. Okay. But at the very least, I it, I, it would uh, be disguised under the 70s veneer. So I thought I had True. that little. Yeah. I had that blanket of security to look forward to. Did knowing that Gregory Peck was the main guy like help assuage any of those fears at all? Uh, I didn't know he was in it until I put the film on. Okay. So I did. Well, as you know, I like going in cold. Absolutely. Uh, so I didn't know that he was in the movie until the credits rolled. Were you surprised? Uh, I was surprised because I think the only thing I've seen Gregory Peck in is To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. no. I take that back. I did. Uh, I, I looked him up. I have seen Roman Holiday. Okay. I've never seen that. Actually. Those are the only two Gregory Peck movies I've seen. So. Now the Omen. Now the Omen. Yeah, it was inter- interesting seeing him in this, uh, thinking of his role, his epic role in To Kill a Mockingbird. Sure. Yeah. A bit different, but still actually kind of the same, I guess. <laughs> like stern father figure. Yeah. Huh. Not as Southern he, in this one. Not as Southern. He's older. Yeah. Yeah. Those eyebrows are still black yeah. as pitch, though. I'll tell you what. He aged well. He really did. Yeah. He's a handsome man, for sure. Yeah. Powerful. Yes. Powerful. Should we get into it? Let's do it. All right. Um, right from the top, the movie starts out with uh, the opening credits are, I don't know if you know, so they're off to like one side of the screen. Hmm. I um, had a question about the credits, but that's me. not what I was going with. Go. What, what, what about what about the off to the side? It just, from the get-go, I feel like that kind of puts you a little off kilter because you're used to hmm. very kind of centered credits. But we find out as the credits go on, they're off to the side because you get this like static image of... A silhouette of a boy, and then the shadow being cast off of him is a cross. Mm-hmm. 
but it's an upside down cross. Mm-hmm. Interesting. My question about the credits is how do you feel about it? older films where more credits appear in the beginning than they do today or credits at least are sort of they stand for themselves versus being overlaid on top of like the opening like action yeah Uh, yeah yeah. um i i don't know that i have any strong feelings about it one way or the other i think like the older films where they front load the credits like that yeah i I mean this wasn't quite front loaded but it was static but close um it always catches me by surprise when I watch an older film where you get to the end and there's no credits. It just goes to the end and the movie is done. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, what happened there? Um, yeah, I don't feel like these that really kind of front load those credits, I don't feel it's any longer than most opening credit sequences in movies now, particularly if you look at the ones that have like the 25 production logos that mm-hmm. happen before the credits actually start. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't thrown by that so much. Okay. No. We open to a we open to Gregory Peck in the back of a car speeding through the streets of Rome. Um, the not the credits, but uh, the the titles on the screen let us know that it's June sixth, six a.m. Six six six, Nikki. I I see what they did there. Yep, we see what uh-huh. they did there. Uh-huh. We hear voiceover. Um, almost as if Gregory Peck is kind of going through this through this in his mind that his wife uh had given birth and the child had died in childbirth so he gets to the hospital and he's talking to a priest who recommends that there's a child in the same hospital whose mother died during childbirth and what they can do is he can adopt the child uh it would be a great situation for everybody involved apparently and gregory peck talks about how his wife had really wanted their own child and the priest suggests well don't tell her yeah d- i was gonna ask you does he did the priest just say your your wife need never know yeah yeah that's what he said i'm i'm sorry i'm pretty sure she's gonna know no don't be sorry i think she's gonna know that this isn't the kid wouldn't well they play it off to the point where she doesn't know. i mean no she doesn't know yeah. but wouldn't she know there's a there's a uh, connection a mother has with sure. her child, right? That is you can't explain. She she would know. You can explain it. I, okay, let's. I can't. I was just kidding. Okay. I was, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had nowhere to go with that. I shouldn't have thrown it out there. That took me by surprise. Um, it's surprising. Yes, I agree that a mother would probably know that it's not her child, but that a priest would suggest to do this. Seemed the, well. The, the one of the reasonings he threw he threw out was like he has a, a resemblance to you, right? Like the, something about the way the kid looks. It looks like an infant, right? I don't think you can tell looks when like when my son was born. Your son looked exactly like you did from he? day one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think with this infant, it's the eye, it's all in the eyebrows. That's what the resemblance is. <laughs> That's true. The infant does have the giant Gregory Peck eye. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they. That's what he goes through with. He decides to take the father up on this plan, uh, adopts this child, decides to tell his wife nothing about this. Uh, they take the child home, and then the beginning of this movie like moves at a at a clip. Like it, this it sets things up and just off. We're off to the next thing. So they get the baby. 
he right around that same point then becomes ambassador to Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So they move to Great Britain to a palace. Yeah, it's huge. Like, um, like they moved to the palace of Versailles essentially. Yeah, yeah. that's in France though. But yeah, and if you picked it up and moved it to Britain, yeah, yeah, I imagine that'd be costly. Sure, to pick up Versailles and move it to Britain. Mm-hmm. Colder too. Why not just leave Versailles where it is? Leave it where it's at. Yeah. Buy a, a palace in Britain, which is what they did. Apparently they did. Or they're renting it at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he, as an ambassador, pays rent. Maybe it's just a place that they put ambassadors in. Maybe it's the ambassador hotel. Well, then why are they looking? Like, I guess they would get to choose where they live, huh? But it's not their money, so they can just whatever they want. Sure. Yeah, I guess. Move there. It's huge. Yeah, I liked that room. the The room they go into, or yeah. or it's, is it the kids' room, or it's like the kids' like playroom or something? She says, "Yeah, something like that." But it's like all covered in bookcases. It looks like a den, like yeah. like like you would have like a drink globe and like wingback chairs, right. and Like smoke a cigar, a fireplace, a fire, Yeah, there's yeah. a fireplace in there. That I was super jealous of that room. Yeah, no, I want one of those rooms I, in my house. I could live simply in that room. That room is probably about the size of my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those bookshelves. I, I love floor to ceiling bookshelves. Nothing but bookshelves. A, la- a ladder on a on a like a rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That rolls along. Uh huh. <sighs> I want that. You're talking my language right now, which is English. Thank can, you. I can we pull that. one of the books out and have the have a the bookshelf? Slide you know we back can. Go into a cave. Yeah, it's a dream of mine. Um, I there's I want secret entrances in every room that I have. Uh, I've got to figure that out. We've been in this house long enough. I need to start building some. I want to pull that book, that book, have the bookshelf swing open, and have it be a circular st- hallway staircase going a, a stone walled, yeah. stone stepped, sure. castle like hallway leading down underground. Into- Are you keeping bodies down there? Because I feel like that's where you would keep bodies. You know, you can keep anything down there. I, I suppose you could. Um, dried goods. Yeah. Um, metal siding. I don't know why you would keep metal siding down there, but there's one thing you keep down there. Make some whiskey. Yeah, you play could. some poker. Smoke some cigars. Sure. You want to be in a Scooby Doo episode, don't you? Uh, I want to be in the in a Ducktales episode. Actually, this okay. the staircase that I'm picturing is in one of it's in the opening sequence, the opening se- montage sequence of Ducktales. Okay. Uh, they're walking down a uh. St- a stone circular staircase and for like a flash in a sequence that's that's what i'm picturing gotcha yeah i'm seeing the opening to tales from the crypt Mm. Um, yeah different memory same sort of thing but that's really the kind of the difference between the two of us isn't it you go ducktales i go tales from the crypt that's you speaks volumes boom couldn't be more right done and done let's get back to it let's do it so we go through a photo montage of damien the child as he gets a little bit older and we flash into his fifth birthday before we go there yeah um there's a scene of that in that montage (laughs) there's a scene of them walking through like the grounds yes and she the wife pulling a fake is (laughs) <laughs> is yeah it's she's pulling this like fake dog on wheels yes. that i'm i'm guessing is like the kid would ride the dog and you pull it's like a car essentially but it's a dog right and i 
I started cracking up because the kid isn't on the dog no. and she's pulling it. No. it. She's pulling it like she's leading a real dog. It looks like she thinks it's a real I dog. I <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like, does she not realize that that's not a real dog? I think she thinks it's a real dog. Oh, the 70s were a good time. I tell you what. Yeah. I don't I don't remember that toy. I, I grew up in the 80s, but... Uh, as a as a wee lad, early eighties. Sure. So there was a lot of seventies carryover, but I don't remember that thing at all. I did grow up in the seventies. I also don't remember that, so that may have just been for the rich ambassador types. I don't know. Or she thought it was a. Dog. Or she thought it was a real dog. I I think she thought it was. A dog. Well, we've already established that she can't tell that her child's not her child. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe the fact that she's pulling a fake dog. It might make sense. Yeah, it all adds up. Wow. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, so we get to the fifth birthday party. Um, it opens up with they're singing Happy Birthday, which one I was a bit surprised. You don't see people singing Happy Birthday movies that much because back in the day you had to pay rights to use the song Happy Birthday. Really? For Yep. To who? To the two women who wrote the song. No. Yeah, I swear to you. Wait, somebody wrote the Happy Birthday song? They did. And they were litigious. I don't know how, how litigious they were, but yeah, no, that's I'm telling you a, a true city. Wow. Um, also, you get to hear Gregory Peck really belting out Happy Birthday. <laughs> and it seems something's wrong with that. What is there? Yeah. Um, I thought to myself, I would, I'd pay good money to watch Gregory Peck front like an indie band of like maybe even doing like Johnny Cash covers. It sounded to me like bad ADR. Like his, his it wasn't, his voice wasn't moving with his mouth and it was louder than everyone else. That's quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it jumped out to me. It stands odd. out for sure. It definitely yeah, it stood out. Yep. The birthday party is going along and at some point... The mom uh, takes Damien away from the nanny that they have, and she kind of gives this look of disappointment that she's taking the child away from the nanny. Mm. And then she looks over and has like this, like, forced conversation with a dog. Mm-hmm. Like she sees this Rottweiler on the trail near her, and it, it, the way it's shot, it looks like they're kind of looking at each other. And they might be having some kind of telepathic conversation. Their eyeballs. Yes. Uh, So she kind of wanders away. Also, in this, throughout this birthday party scene, there's the uh, guy who's the photographer that's going to show up through the rest of this movie. Mm -hmm. I like him. Yeah, David Warner, who is he plays like every bad guy throughout the seventies and eighties. In if you want an English bad guy, he's he's playing that guy. Hmm. He's a good guy in this. Uh, He is a good guy in this. Yeah. But he still has that face, and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to seeing. Huh. Him I've in, never in seen that him parts. before. So, really? Yeah. He. What comes to mind? He was. Um, did you ever see Tron? The original Tron. Uh, probably when I was a kid. I mean, I've seen. I have memories of it, but I don't know if I've like earnestly watched the whole thing all the way through. Should we do an episode on Tron? You think? Is it going to scare me? It might. <clears throat> probably. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Um, interesting CG. I don't know if I call it bad, but mm. it's interesting. Anyway, he's he plays a bad guy in Tron for you Tron heads out there. But uh, he's floating around taking pictures of this birthday party. We go on and 
the nanny has climbed up on top of the house um and she calls out to Damien and says it's all for you Damien and jumps off the roof she's got a noose around her neck hangs herself crashes back through a window in the house mm-hmm. no I was really thinking about this I mean it's a kid's birthday party yeah like if I was an adult in this situation and saw somebody do that I'd be scarred for the rest of my life yeah we're talking about dozens of children well they cut they cut to the group of kids and the kids are just like staring at it like no one is no one is going all right party's over (laughs) right like clear it out it's everyone's just staring at her yeah it's it would be traumatizing for sure from your perspective first time seeing this like what did you think was going on at this point um well i think i knew i think just through cultural lore i knew of the essential arc of the movie and so i assumed that the kid was somehow causing her to do this okay yeah so you think like damien was the one that kind of pushed this to happen uh i don't know i mean she did the dog tell her to do it (laughs) honestly i think the dog may have told her to do it (laughs) as weird as that sounds it's like this son of sam situation but i think the the dog told her to do it what the dogs show up throughout the movie that dog and there's more dog there's dogs all over the movie yeah these beautiful rottweilers beautiful dogs um they are what are they they're apostles they're they're disciples of satan they're messengers of satan i always assumed that the dog was some sort of guardian Hmm. um is that because the nanny says it's a guard dog (laughs) maybe maybe that's where i'm getting it but that's that's an interesting point that they're apostles i don't know maybe they're messengers of the antichrist and they told her to do it maybe See, I got the impression that, yeah, she she saw the dog. The dog kind of forced her into it in like a Star Wars force kind of way. Force pushed her off the roof. Right. Um, I, well, changed her mind, like kind of mm. Jedi mind tricked her yes, into. these aren't the droids. Yeah, this isn't the birthday party you want to be at. <laughs> um, because they they being this whatever, this cabal of satanists or whatever like needed to get this other nun or other nun this other nanny into the situation Mm -hmm. they needed to do away with this initial nanny yeah what regardless this this nanny this wasn't up this wasn't her doing this This right she was being possessed to do this right yeah it's it's shocking to open the movie well it's not opening but we're still like in the first few minutes of this movie did at the birthday party? Did you see the track roller coaster? Yeah, yeah, that looked fun. It did look fun. Yeah, you want to build one in your yard? Don't I kind of want that. See like, well, do, you know, my son's too old at this point, but that would have been perfect. Also, but, probably but not. super dangerous. Like, if a kid's hand is on that track when that thing's going down, you oh yeah, you're gonna crush fingers for yeah, sure. Yeah, your fingers getting chopped off. Yeah, a nanny hanging themselves is not gonna be your worst problem at this. But party. those those '70s toys were fantastic. Yeah, like all metal super dangerous yeah just just tons of fun life-threatening as all get out yeah yeah 70s were a hot time Uh hot time and 80s and the 80s as well 90s everything turned plastic (sighs) safe man 
toy guns had turned orange. Diet Pepsi. Yeah. I, I don't even know what that means. They had Diet Pepsi back then, didn't uh, they? They, I'm pretty, they had Tab in the Caffeine 70s. Caffeine-free Diet Pepsi? No, 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 probably. Probably. Yeah, like in the bronze kingdom. Yeah, the bronze. Yeah. There you go. Gold, maybe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, nobody wants to be third place when it comes to Diet Pepsi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't make it bronze. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. DP. Gold. Diet Pepsi and I are close. I call them DP. <laughs> So are you a Pepsi or Coke person? <laughs> I, neither. I don't really drink soda. But did you drink soda at one point? When I was a kid, yes, and I don't think I cared one way or the other if it was Coke or Pepsi. Mm. If I were to go, if I'm on a road trip, I got to stop by a gas station and yeah, I want tell a little me. pick so me up. Talk to me. What do you got? Road gonna, trip soda. I'm going to go probably a cherry Coke. Mm. Um, That's good. If they have it, I might go vanilla Coke. To like today. Today. Regular or diet? Regular. Full on, full sugar. I I can't stand the taste of fake yeah. sugar. I can't stand it. Yeah. I would go Diet Coke or Diet Cherry Coke. Okay. What about Diet Vanilla Coke? Would you go that far? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Would you go Diet Vanilla Cherry Coke? Sure. Give it to me. Okay. Would you take one of those oil funnels and just like, would you beer bong a diet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I got to drive far? a car. I'm going to throw up. A little bit. It just proves your 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 stamina, your ability to drive under adverse conditions. Mm-hmm. There used to be uh, this beverage, kind of. It was kind of like one of those, like so, you know, those sobe. Yeah. Drinks. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like one of those, but uh, I can't remember what it was called. It's totally off the market now because it's for false advertisement. But on, if you read the side of the bottle, it said it did all of these things, like increased libido like something about stamina uh improved like like, drinkable viagra it it said it improved like mental like function it there were free radical scavengers in it yeah (laughs) there was like nanobites in it yeah yeah uh it it would cure you of night blindness and every time we would drive back from from college from pullman to seattle we would stop at the store and get and get them for the drive what did it taste like it just tasted like a sugary fruity drink it like that there was no validity to the claims that the bottle was making at all so what you're saying is you didn't have a raging hard on for the rest of the drive (laughs) no okay uh but we would get that and then i would get um in ellensburg we would always stop at a gas station and i would get a uh Strawberry shortcake ice cream bar. Sure. Oh yeah, those are delicious. Those are excellent. I haven't had one of those in years. Same. They're probably terrible, but probably they were good at the, in college. Yeah, my go-to on road trips, if I'm grabbing a snack, something to drink from a gas station, is yeah, cherry coke and a bag of uh, barbecue corn nuts. Hmm. That's my go-to. That sounds great. It's I'm not bad. gonna lie. Right now, I it's would go bad. for that. Yeah. Messy on the hands, though. Yeah. The the corn nuts part. <laughs> let me let me just be super clear. Um, so uh, Gregory Peck's back at his office, and um, he learns that a a priest has come to see him at the office. So he has he invites the priest in, and this happens a couple times with this priest. Instead of just getting to the point, he comes in and starts like you need to take you need to embrace Jesus as your savior. What we find out eventually, hey, we're obviously spoiling this movie, but I'm gonna go ahead and, and spoil things now. 
his son, Gregory Peck's son, is the Antichrist, is the son of the devil. And the priest is there to tell him that. Fucking lead with that. I realize this is crazy, bro, but your son is a devil. Here, let me explain. Like, he comes in, like, spouting all this stuff to the point where when security comes to drag him out of the room, he hasn't told him what he needs to know. Maybe he's just thrown off by those eyebrows. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's a good point, because Gregory Peck admittedly gets scared and calls security to have him pulled out. Right. So just get to the point, man. Yeah. Say it. Say your he piece. Gets, get out. When speaking of when he does get pulled out by security, he he yells. His mother was a, and then it J- it cut, kind of cuts. Yep. Did was it intentional? Was it intentional that it was cut? Or it's it like there's something else like over the audio that you yes. can't he you can't hear him finish the sentence. That's right. What is he What is he saying? I went back and I rewound it and and tried to watch it multiple times to hear it. And I couldn't figure it out. He's saying that his mother was a jackal what's a jackal a jackal is like a it's like a dog type creature like um um like a rottweiler like a rottweiler or a um something else that starts with j that i always get these confused with a jackal a jack-o-lantern nope a a mr hyde uh, yes a dr jackal and mr hyde um a jackalope yep his mother was a jackalope. His mother was a jackknife. Uh, jackfruit. His mother was a jackfruit, which apparently tastes like pulled pork if you cook it the right way. I don't know. Um, Jack the Ripper? Yes. His mother was um, Jeremiah, who was a bullfrog. And also, while we're at it, was a good friend of mine. His mother was Aunt Jemima Syrup. <laughs> Too far? <laughs> <laughs> is Jemima the female equivalent to Jack? I'm confused it's on that one. The female equivalent to Jimmy. Um which is the southern pronunciation of Jimmy, which is short for James. Um I don't know where you're going with this. No, I I'm not sure myself. So his mother was a jackal. His mother was a jackal. Okay. Is what he's saying, but it gets cut off. And then as he's leaving, he's yelling you must drink the blood of Christ. That's right. Now, I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Uh, I'm familiar with communion and drinking the blood of Christ. Yeah. Are you eating, eating the, body? the body of Christ? Yeah, yeah. But if you take that out of context or just think about it, it's, it seems that it's a weird thing to tell someone to drink the blood. <laughs> sure. But drink sure. the blood of your grandfather. But drink the, the blood. At this point, like Catholicism is pretty well known, so I think is it though? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm joking. Um. Then I'm not gonna take that any further. If you're joking, if you're not gonna take this uh, seriously, it's just out of context. The the statement seems yeah, it's weird. It's weird to yeah. If you just really think about it, like drinking the blood of yeah. Christ, and I have really thought about it. It's like vampirism. Hmm. Um, so as the father's, the father being the, the priest, as he's leaving the office, the photographer that was at the birthday party is uh, outside the office and for some reason decides to take a picture of the priest. Yeah. Which I'm like, why? 
why why is he why does he want to take a picture of the priest it's convenient for the plot i'm gonna say it right now when i was watching this movie last it brought up more questions that i never had thought about when i watched this movie prior like what this is number one why (laughs) why is the photographer taking a picture of this priest just, Does he know just for that shits the and giggles. Is talking to Gregory Peck? I don't know why he would. They're in a big building. He's sitting on the steps of the emba- em- the embassy. Yeah, I guess sure it would be. That makes a ton of sense. I was going to say embassy, but that's not the right word. That's probably what I would have said. So <laughs> good on you. Well done. He sees a priest walk out and just goes, "Father," and takes a picture of him. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. But when he develops that picture, he notices this uh, dark line that shows up in the uh, in the mm. picture when he develops it. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of these uh, darkroom scenes. Yeah. I, I love a good darkroom scene. I don't know what it I, is. It made me want to go into a darkroom. I did photography in junior high and high school. Yeah, and I did college. in college too, yeah. And not high school, junior high and college. <clears throat> Skip high school. Okay. We didn't have a darkroom in high school. But you did in junior high? Yeah. Huh. We had a great dark room in, in junior high. Nice. Uh, it made me want to develop film. It's just fun watching the, f- the film develop. And you, f- you feel like you're like a professional photographer, even though you're taking pictures of like the Space Needle and like, oh, this is what I ate for dinner. Right. Like they're not good photos, but it's so well, it's not fun. with that attitude. Yeah, it is fun. I, I even like the smell of the chemicals in the dark room. I like that weird. And it's, yeah, the taste of them was they, they're so good. Don't drink those. What? No, that's terrible for you. No. The um, I was surprised having grown up watching movies with all these darkroom scenes with a red light, where I was like, oh, there's not a red light in here. Just like this really faint, at least the darkroom that I worked in, like really faint, like amber light. This like an orange light. Hmm, we had a red light. Oh, did you? Yeah. Huh. Maybe, maybe my darkroom wasn't really a darkroom. Hmm. Should explain why all the touching was going on. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was gonna say, who led you into this? Um, the teacher who right. who was homeless. To be fair, the uh, the new nanny shows up at the new house. New nanny. <laughs> um, is that the hot pocket scene? I was I was saying I was singing a new nanny in the tune of the real world. Oh. Of true story. I haven't seen the real world in a long time. That's as far as I went with it. New nanny shows up. Um, who? Tell me if you agree with this. I felt like looked a little like Bowie, <laughs> like I, like eighties Bowie. I did. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to Google this. Okay, now. he's gonna do a little searching on this. I I didn't. That didn't jump out at me. Okay. While you're searching for that, uh, this new nanny shows up at the house. Um, introduces herself, decides that she's going to go. I could see it. A bit. Yeah. Ish. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying an exact replica of Bowie, but... Kind of looks like somebody I dated a while ago. Huh. Was it Bowie? Yeah, I dated David Bowie. Nice. In the early 80s. What was it? 70s, 80s? It, when The Omen was made? It was the 70s. No, the Bowie that she looks like. I would say 80s Bowie. 80s Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. This actually does quite kind of like right. Somebody that I dated. No, not. Oh, oh. <laughs> did the person you date sing Starman to you as you went to sleep? Uh, How about Let's Dance? Like she, I would. She would sing Life on Mars to me as I fell asleep. Yeah, that's sweet. 
Um, but the Gregory Peck and his wife realize neither one of them called for this nanny. So uh, they ask her about it. She's like, oh, yeah, the service sent me over. Yeah, and then Gregory Peck's like, oh, yeah, the service. Of, of course. course. Yeah. Of course that makes sense. This is the son of an ambassador. We're just going to let this strange woman in. I'm, I'm, why bother checking on it? Right. That's fine. Well, then she hands the wife uh, her credentials. Here's my credentials. That's right. She's like, oh, great. Oh, we'll look at these later. You can absolutely go talk to my kid. Go, right. go, go be alone in a room with my child. Yeah. I won't check on your... I, thank you for handing me the credentials, but I won't look at them first. And the scene of her alone with him is she enters a room and says, and kind of says hello. And there's like kind of this weird look between the two of them, right? Like he's on the floor and well, he has weird looks all over. This <laughs> that movie. is true. That is true. He is the son of Satan to be fair. There's a scene quickly after that, where the family's getting ready to go to church. Um, and as they ride to church, that's where I realized going back to when we were talking about Dracula, Damien makes a top hat look good. That's the only time I've seen a, a person make a top this hat look good. child makes a top hat that, look good. That kid made a top hat look good. I'll go back to DuckTales and say Scrooge McDuck makes a top hat look good. Huh, this is all about DuckTales for you. You skipped over an important uh, observation from the nanny scene. What did I miss? So sh- the nanny goes up to the room, and Damien, there's Damien, mm-hmm. sitting on the, laying on the floor. In on front of stomach, a fire. In front of a raging fire. Right. In an open fi- open fireplace, yep. not not a wood burning stove. You're saying you wouldn't put your five year old in front of a raging fire. When is the last time you set your five year old in a room with a raging fire <laughs> upstairs? Did I set my five year old on fire. <laughs> like I, I haven't done that. Not even once. I don't care. I don't care who says. In a room that is so far away from where you were in the living room, it's upstairs, down the hall. Right. Just alone with a fire. Again, I'm going to have to say the 70s were a weird time. Was this... That, so that's my question. Is this a time and place thing? Is this a 70s... This is... Yeah, this is what you did. Yeah. Kid probably started the fire. We don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> is that what that Billy Joel song is about? <laughs> or uh, are these parents rec- <laughs> recklessly... It's <laughs> good. Uh, ignorant about parenting. Um, I think it's more just that kind of rich entitlement of we don't we're we're not here to watch our kid on a 24-hour basis we have people for that he's he's off doing his thing and when you're like in an english manner i have to imagine it's freezing in that place so like sitting next to a fire makes sense as unsafe as it is the kid sitting next to the fire makes sense as a as the parent, yeah. would you leave him a, a five year old alone in a room with a raging open fire? I would I would not. Okay. But I also don't have servants all over my house taking care of shit for me. Are there servants in this house? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so so we are maybe we're led to believe that, that someone was watching the kid. I don't know that anybody was watching the kid. <laughs> but there's servants moving around the house, so maybe they check on him from time to time. I don't know. Am I too uptight with my parenting? Should I uh, let this kind of stuff go on? You should probably set a fire in your living room, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't even have a fireplace. Yeah, I'll exactly. Light a fire. Exactly. Put it around on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Let let your kid roll around. It's a great idea. And yeah. I think so. It works. Um, but yeah, no, they're heading to church. He's wearing a top hat. As they get closer to the church, he starts... 
Well, he doesn't really start freaking out at first, but well, like he sees the cross. Yes, and then is like, "Ooh, I don't know if I want to get close to this." And thing. The, that chanting music comes in at that point too. Yeah. What do you, What did you think about the music in this movie? Uh, I'm glad you brought it up. That's Thank you. One of my notes. Um, uh, that's one of my only issues with the film. Really? Is the jarring music. It's super loud in the mix. They use it's loud in the mix yeah. and it's it's abrasive like the the choice of music. It's either the chanting or like like fast violin, like sharp violin notes. Yeah. Uh and it's they're using these musical cues, these jarring musical cues, to make you scared. And for it's, the scares, it's effective. Yeah. What What did you say? For the, they're using it for the yeah scares. for the scares. Yeah. Uh, and it's effective. It definitely like makes you tense. Yeah. But I, I'd prefer the film to not have to cue me musically to be tense. Like I gotcha. just let the story develop. A little bit of music's great. You need the you need the music. Yeah. But it's all, it feels like a crutch in this. As far as that music goes, though, I like that, that lat, despite how loud it is, I like that kind of Latin chanting music. There's something that's, that seems sinister about it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think the movie relies on that music like a crutch quite often. Even when maybe you don't need to be scared. There's a scene, like the second darkroom scene, uh, where you, f- he's, He's like looking at the priest under like a yeah. micros uh magnifying glass. Yeah. And I honestly couldn't figure out what he saw. Like I re like I, why you should be scared at yeah, seeing this scene. The the music was cueing me to be scared. Yeah. He obviously saw something with the magnifying glass, but I I didn't see it. And I re- I rewound it and watched it again and was like, "What what did he see?" I couldn't find it. And I'm like, "I guess I guess I'll just be scared because the music told me to." Be. <laughs> but you're a very obedient viewer. <laughs> it seemed like they're using it as a crutch. I no, I totally get what you're saying. I agree. Um, so yeah, he starts freaking out as they get closer to the church. He sees the he sees the cross, and then by the time they actually get up and pull up to the church, he starts like yanking on his mom's hair and like screaming, like throwing this awful tantrum to the point where he she's like bruised in the face after yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like everybody who was standing there waiting to greet them coming out of the car, they're like looking at with like <laughs> horrified faces. I like that the guy who's greeting them, uh, like he just like his eyes get really wide and he just like shuts the door. <laughs> like, okay, oh, we don't want any part of this. You know what? Uh, thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. So we're starting to get this idea that some maybe not right with the kid. Oh, I think we know something's not right with the kid. Did you know that from the very beginning? I think I did, yeah. There's then a scene where the... So we see that Rottweiler again. The nanny's now brought the Rottweiler into the house. Seems like a great idea. Stray, if When you see stray, vicious Rottweilers in the neighborhood, no. do, you, do you just bring them in like have them sit in front of your five-year-old's door? I've done it. Really? No. Um Rottweilers are very sweet dogs, actually. I'm sure, just like Dobermans are very sweet as well. Yeah. Um, they chose a good dog to be like a good kind of forbidding, kind of scary dog, a Rottweiler. It's like a big black yeah. dog. I think she really would have been that or a Doberman. Like, yeah. Those would have been the two that I would have chosen. For in me. fact, I had it in my mind, the later scene when they're at the cemetery and they're being attacked by dogs, I had it in my mind that they those dogs were Dobermans. Hmm. 
Um, but they're not the Rottweilers. We'll get there. Gregory Peck gets a bit upset that the nanny took it upon herself to bring the dog into the house. As he should. For sure. You That's... just brought a stray Rottweiler yeah. into the house to guard your five-year-old. Yeah, without asking permission for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's a red flag. It's a bit of a red flag. She says it's to guard him when he's on his trips. Uh, to guard the house when he's on his trips. So... He goes on a trip at this point, I think, because mom takes Damien to the zoo. This is the second issue with the nanny. So the first one was she wouldn't get the kid dressed to go to the tr- the wedding. That's right. Now she brought a stray Rottweiler into the house to right. guard the five-year-old. Why at, haven't they fired her at this yeah, point? Yeah, at this point, aren't you looking for other nannies or firing her immediately? I think maybe they're swayed by how much like Bowie she looks. <laughs> Uh, they think it might actually be David Bowie. <laughs> She's got star power. That's right. Yeah. Um, Starman, star <laughs> yes. I should say. She, uh, Ziggy Stardust. Is at this point, um, that nanny might be working on the Berlin Trilogy at this yeah. point. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Gregory Peck. Don't big, disturb a good thing. He's a big fan of Lowe. What are you going to do? Yeah. Big fan. Um, but the trip to the zoo. Now, have you been to a safari park I thought you're going to ask if I've been to that one in particular. I've been to... Where you drive through and you see the animals? No. I've been to the San Diego Wild Animal Park, but you take like a tram through that if I remember correctly. So there's a safari park in Virginia by my brother's house. Uh, that's fantastic. Is it? It's amazing. Are you saying that like for realsies? For realsies. Because in my it... head when you say drive through safari park in Virginia, I'm... <laughs> no, it is amazing. <laughs> okay. There are thousands of animals in this thing like uh with very little rules and and protection and guards and anything uh you buy buckets of pellet food that you can feed the animals (laughs) yeah um and the animals in my head it's just buckets of raw meat (laughs) (laughs) no there it's like pellet food uh and you buy these buckets and drive through and you can like toss handfuls of the food out and then the, the animals will come up and eat them. Yeah. But they but you know, it's gone on so long that the animals know that the cars have food and so they come right up to the cars. Like to the point where you have to like honk or start moving to like push them out of the way. Like what kind of animals are we talking about? Uh there's like antelopes and gazelles and buffalo uh there's camels there's ostriches okay uh there's a, i don't can't they can't even remember now there's a bunch of animals in this thing and they'll come straight up to the car to the point where if you have the bucket like in your lap in the car with the window down they will put their full head into the car and like to try to get try to get the bucket but um, nothing that's like going to like we're not dealing with like bears or lions or something like that. No, no mm-hmm. bears or lions. But um, camels will rip your hand off. Um, Who told you that? There are. Wait, did a camel tell you that? There are um, camels in this fenced-in area. And did Joe Camel tell you that? There's big signs. The first time I went there, there were big signs that said "Don't, don't feed the camels." Like, do not feed the camels. Um, and there's all these like broken buckets in front of the camel pen 
and what happens is if uh, some uh, most a lot of the animals you can hang the bucket outside the car like a, hold on to the bucket and the animals will just kind of feed off of the the like put their head in and eat it, eat, it, eat it yeah yeah if you do that with the camel i did this the first time i was there even though they told you not to yes the camel will grab the will pull the bucket out of your hand grab the bucket dump the food all over the ground eat the food and then start eating the bucket they start chewing the bucket like it's gum they the 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 plastic bucket deteriorates to the yeah. point where it's like chewing gum for them yeah uh and then they just start chewing it it sounds like my dog uh and this probably happened so often that to the point where the last time i was there they had a they had built a more secure fence around the camels and like shoots that you would put, put food in and it would like slide down into the camel area so you couldn't even get the bucket close to them or the the camels couldn't get close to the car yeah yeah huh but it's fantastic it's the i don't know virginia safari park all right if i ever find myself in virginia i'm probably not gonna go i'm gonna be honest with you also uh down the street from foamhenge which is a a foam block recreation of stonehenge that raises almost as many questions as the this viewing of we the We can just leave did. that one sit there. Yeah. Okay. Foamhenge. Huh. Okay. When they first get to this safari park, uh, Damien runs up to this pack of giraffes who get freaked out and run away from him. The Virginia Safari Park has giraffes too. Do they? Yeah. Um, I, I, what I was wondering about this one in particular, this one in England and in the movie The Omen, was are they running from... The sheer seventiesness of the that little suit that he's wearing as he runs up to the drafts. Are they running because he's a kid, or are they running because he's the Antichrist? Because the child of Satan. I think mostly that giraffes are highly tuned in. They're to, tuned in, yeah, to the church. Yeah, but the animals of the cloth. Exactly, that's correct. The they're all over the Bible. I don't know if you've read that thing lately, but uh, giraffes are in uh, Matthew four seven. Um, but the showstopper to the zoo scene is uh, when the baboons, they get to the baboon enclosure and they start attacking the car. There's no baboons in the Virginia Safari Park. That's a bummer. Yeah. I, can we agree that baboons are the freakiest looking primates? Uh, they're freaky until they're in the Lion King when they're wise and smart. <laughs> I was not expecting to do a Lion King on this. Well, the li- still a little freaky though. Rafiki in the Lion King is sure. like the the helpful, wise. How many times brother. have you seen the Lion King? I watched it a bunch when I was a kid. But still, even he's a little freaky in the Lion King. That baboon. They're they're they have weird faces. Yeah, yeah, and like bare butts. Yeah, like right? red, red wine. Uh, they're not like the monkeys that have the the turquoise testicles. Those are weird. Sorry, I went to the band The Monkeys. Uh, like Davy Jones has turquoise testicles. No, there there are monkeys that have like blue bo- blue balls essentially. Um. Huh. I'll show you pictures right here. Yeah, thank you for pulling up eighty five pictures of monkeys with blue balls. I appreciate that. <laughs> there, I I don't know what kind of monkeys these are. Um, I don't either, and I don't know that I want to know. So I think at this point, with the baboons attacking the car, the mom's starting to get the idea that maybe something something ain't right with the kid. The we cut to a rugby game. 
which is fine. But what throws me most about the rugby game is that the photographer shows up at the rugby game and the priest shows up at the rugby game. And they kind of do this like weird, they're both kind of in and out of this, of this scene. Um, the father convinces Gregory Peck to meet him at this park. Um, the photographer again takes a picture of the priest. But at this point, I guess I, I might see a reason for it. So he might be trying to test a theory. So he saw this weird shadow on the picture he took of the priest before. So he's taking a picture of the priest again. Maybe he just wants, he thinks the priest is sexy. He's getting glamour shots of the priest. Maybe. Maybe he's doing an, an installation on, on priests. I don't know. He, we get another good darkroom scene. This might be the one you're talking about with the uh, the this shocking is, music. This is the one where he discovers something. Right. The music told me he did, but right. I couldn't see it. It's that shadow that he saw in the original picture is now more pronounced. Okay. And it's touching the priest. Got it. I didn't see it in the original picture, and I didn't see it in this one. There you go. Um, so, yes, he saw that shadow behind the priest in the picture he took originally. Now he's seeing it more pronounced in the new picture. So Gregory Peck goes to this park to meet up with uh, the father, the priest, who again buries the lead in this whole situation. Like he starts going, he starts reciting this poem that's apparently from the Bible, which it is not. I'm no Bible scholar, but I know that this poem is not in whatever that last book of the Bible is. The book of... Revelations. The Book of Revelations. You're welcome. That's exactly it. Thank you. Thanks. Podcast over. And the Catholic here to score the day. I appreciate it. But the kind of he tells he tells him this poem, and he tells him to go to the city of Megiddon and to see Buchanan. Megiddon mm-hmm. rolls off the tongue. Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that. The son of the devil will kill his unborn child, will kill his wife, and then will kill him. Yep. That's a proclamation for sure. For sure. He doesn't quite connect the dots necessarily. He doesn't say that his son is the son of the devil. What he says is the son of the devil will do this. Yeah. Seems like something you should say. Again, he buries the lead in this. He's the worst communicator. They sent the wrong guy for this job. You know what I was thinking about during this scene? Do you think Gregory Peck would have made a good Obi-Wan? Seems he could have been around the the right age for that. I think if Qui-Gon would have gone longer, I could see like I could see Gregory Peck playing an older Qui-Gon. Gregory Peck going, I, I don't remember, ever remember owning a droid. I'm Gregory Peck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his catchphrase. <laughs> no, that's the, that's I'm the only Gregory Peck. It's the only way my Gregory Peck impersonation works is if I say that because I don't know how to do Gregory Peck. <laughs> if Obi-Wan's saying happy birthday over and over again, yeah, I could see it. These blast points are too accurate for sand people. I'm Gregory Peck. I'm Gregory Peck. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. 
<laughs> droids are. <laughs> I, w- I would watch it. Sand for people sure. always ride single file to hide their numbers. That will lead them. Oh, no, that's I'm going in the Luke's lens. Sorry. Gre- Gregory Peck. <laughs> I'm Gregory Peck. GP. Stretch out with your feelings. I'm Gregory Peck. I think he would have made a good Obi-Wan. I wonder if he was up for the role. I don't know. Uh, it would have been right after this. Yeah. I imagine Lucas wanted somebody English. Mm. But Gregory Peck's got that kind of he has that, English vibe. Yeah, he just has that like air of kind of r- royal, I don't know. Royalness, right? Uh, like <laughs> maybe, royal. Maybe they're just thinking ass. about the house that they're living. Crown in. Royal. Um, he's got that air of just reeking of whiskey and <laughs> fine cigars. So the priest, uh, as they're as Gregory Peck, <clears throat> I'm Gregory Peck. Yes. As, as he is leaving, uh, the priest goes, "I'll see you in hell." Another Star Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>! moment. <laughs> uh, why Christian hell? Why would the priest be going to hell? He's the he's a priest. Wouldn't he be going to heaven? Why does he say I'll see you in hell? Because he has um I think he's trying to absolve his sins because he's been part of setting this plan up to bring Damien into this world. That's why he Whoa. knows the information. Hold your horses. Okay. They're back. He set Here, he me... was part of the plan to set it up. Hey, let me grab this horse. Do we know this at this point? Did I miss something? No, um, but when we go later in the movie, when we go to visit the other father who had advised on the the adoption to begin with at the beginning of the movie, we the learned that their other father, the Chinese yes. dentist. Yes, thank you. Um, actually, I think he says something about it, if I remember correctly, and I may not remember correctly. I think he mentions that he has guilt for his part in this. Huh, I don't remember that. But again, be be clearer in describing what needs to happen here. You're going the roundabout way to provide this information. But they leave this meeting and he walks into the windstorm of the century. <laughs> yeah. Um, leaves are blowing everywhere. Like they've never blown. Yeah. In reality. he's. It's almost as if he's on a runway and there's a jet taking off <laughs> yeah. right in front of him. Right. He, there's lightning striking everywhere. <laughs> he runs to a church, like bangs on the door of the church. Why isn't the church open? I thought churches were always open. Um, Much like 7-Elevens. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think churches are always open. You are asking the wrong guy. I am pretty sure churches are always open. I don't you know. can always go to a church and pray. I say we test this out tonight. Let's do it. I don't know. My question on this, though, is what's, what is that on the roof of the church? I think it's a lightning rod. Is it? That's what I thought it was. There's a big spike on the roof of the church that gets struck by lightning, falls down. And this father, seeing that it's falling right towards him, makes no effort to move out of I'm, the way. I'm glad you picked up on that because that, my, my note was I think if he – he had time to move out of the way. If he moved a foot to the right, uh-huh. would have missed him completely. Yeah. But it doesn't miss him. It impales him like from shoulder to leg. Like 
right through his body. It was cool though because it's it sticks into the ground, and so it just it kind of skewers him. Yes, upright. Right. Yeah. It but was he, a good death scene. He definitely had time to move. I mean, he he yes. had time to put his hands up and look at it and go, "Ah, <laughs> this is gonna fall on me. I should do something." And he actually said those lines. We're seeing after this happens that Damien's starting to to drive mom a little bit crazy. There's a scene of him like rolling balls on the billiards table. Mm-hmm. Going, meow, 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 meow. I'm like, mom's like holding her head in that classic. I can't believe I'm at a rock concert with this headache. Um, and she asks the nanny to take him out of the room. And there's this weird maybe it's a 70s thing there's this weird like husband wife dynamic of like he's only playing like he's not like concerned about the wife at this point it's Hmm. he just kind of ignores all of her concerns if i was him in that scene i would have been annoyed at the kid for ruining the pool table because you're don't throw those balls off the off the edge so hard you're gonna ruin the table yeah i was i was more upset by the sound he gets a phone call um, of some rando. I don't know if we ever find out who it is. It might be the photographer, but somebody calls him to tell him to look at the paper. Oh, yeah. So he opens up the newspaper, sees a picture on the front page of the newspaper of the priest that's been spiked. Do you think that they would put that on the front page of the newspaper? That's what I'm saying. Not only did whoever put this in the paper borrow the film from the movie, apparently, because it's exactly what we just saw. (laughs) But, yeah, why would that be front page a dead priest that's been struck through by a big metal pole be on the front page of a paper? Yeah. I guess if it bleeds, it leads. That's that's the old newspaper old newspaper rule. There you go. Um, But this is also, I believe, where. Gregory Peck had been told by the priest that the son of Satan is going to kill his unborn son. But this is where he finds out from his wife that she is pregnant. So he's starting to kind of put some pieces together. Not only is she pregnant, but she doesn't want to have the child. She apparently he needs to sign off on an abortion. Because she mentions to him that this is the 70s because it's the 70s. Um, and he's, he's maybe not completely on board with that. Um, but this is where now we've got the, the, she, he's going to, uh, Gregory Peck's going to go meet with a doctor that she's been seeing, but there's a scene of her, um, watering plants in this hallway. In another room, Damien's riding a tricycle around circle, 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 circles, the Bowie nanny opens the door to the room to let him out. So while mom's like precariously perched, watering a plant above a balcony in the yeah, staircase. Yeah, what do you call that? It's it's like, uh, it's sort of like the upstairs ledge around the main entryway right. of the, like the foyer. And there's like a... There's like a landing at the top of the stairs, but that's not what this is. But there's no window. Like, it seems like a weird place for hanging plants because there's no windows there. It's right. I feel like the plants would need light. 
I think it's more just for decoration. Yeah. They might be fake plants that she's watering. She didn't realize it was a fake dog that she was pulling around. Probably, right? Yeah. But uh, and there's also a fish bowl. On a bench. Right over here, too. Yeah, just on a bench. Yes. Uh-huh. So Damien comes charging out of the room on his tricycle. She's precariously perched watering this fake plant, and he hits her with the trike. So we see this shot of the floor from the view of this banister. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to call this. I'm not balcony, sure what it is. Balcony. Perhaps. Let's call it a balcony. And we see the fish bowl fall and shatter on the floor. Probably fake fish. It, they were, I actually did a little investigation in this. They were fake fish. They were sardines that were painted gold. Are you to look serious? Like, yes, to look like goldfish. Um, wow, good, good on you. Hey, thanks. Thank you. This might be taking this a step too far, but let me see what you think about this. So in watching this, I was wondering if that was like a visual indication of like, of her womb falling, breaking, and then the life inside dying spilling out yes uh, wow i've you just my mind just got blown are you a okay l- a little bit more open right there y- you might be taking it too far but it's also it also works it's i think it's a good visual indication of what's about to happen yeah it yeah. works so yeah she ends up falling there's a scene of her hanging off of this balcony um, and Damien just looking at her and then she falls and it's, um, it, I felt like it was very similar to the, the Arbogast fall from Psycho. Um, it's obviously she's not falling from height onto the floor. It's like, it's a, it's a trick setup. Um, but she hits the floor bleeding from the mouth, um, and has to go to the hospital from obviously this kind of disastrous fall. I thought she was going to die in that scene, and I when then we realized she didn't. I was like, okay, good, because that I don't think. I mean, you could die from that fall, but yeah, I feel like you would probably live, and she does. She does. She yeah. lives. She goes to the hospital. When uh, Gregory Peck comes from home from the hospital to go uh, see Damien, he goes into his room, and the dog that he had that told Bowie Nanny to get rid of is now in the room. Um, so the dog's getting closer and closer to Damien. Um, and it, it freaks him out. But it's around this point that the photographer calls uh, Gregory Peck. They've had a they've had some kind of minor interactions. When the photographer was at the embassy, Gregory Peck accidentally ran into him and broke his camera. And he offers to pay for the camera. And the photographer says, let's just say you owe me. So this might be the kind of call. Hey, I'm putting in, I'm putting in that call because because you owe me. Why? Here's one of the questions that came up in watching this. Why does this guy's camera have the power to capture what it's capturing? Is it his camera that has the power, or is it just is it like a vampire thing where like the it's captured on film? Not that this is a vampire thing, but. Sort of like the mirror thing, like it's okay. The the camera, the it can be captured on film, but it, you can't see it. Like, like when you take pictures right. in a haunted house, and like the film picks up like apparitions, but you can't see them right. to the naked eye. You okay. say that like you've done that a number of times. Uh, no, but I, <laughs> I'm familiar with the concept. Okay, yeah, okay. 
So if anybody had taken a picture of the father, that's what I thought. That would have showed up. Okay, all right, I can buy that. I'll take that. I'll I don't know. That. Like again, though, I don't know why that works, but it does. It it sets up some good tension for the next few scenes. Um, so the photographer calls and starts spilling the beans about uh, the father who had been spiked and who had tried to meet up with Gregory Peck. We learn from the investigation that the photographer had done that this priest had a birthmark on his inner thigh that said 666. Now, this comes into play later. We learn a little later in the movie that a sure sign that this kid, Damien, is actually the Antichrist, the son of Satan, is that he will have that same birthmark that says 666. So does that mean that this priest was the Antichrist before? That's not possible, right? Why does the why does the priest have this birthmark? I don't know. Okay. And I, and I honestly didn't. I must have gotten distracted when they said that because I didn't. I don't remember that from the movie. It seems odd to me, and I don't know why he's why he has that birthmark. Yeah, why as would well. he be marked? I don't know. Unless he's made some kind of pact with the devil. And the devil marks him, maybe? I don't know. Hmm. Um, They go to... They, being Gregory Peck and the uh, photographer, go to the priest's room. It's covered in Bible pages and a number of crosses. Where is... Is this across the street from the church? It's across the street from the church, yeah. Because they said he had to be close to the church. Yeah. Was it... It looked like it could have been like in like a church building or something. It's yeah. They showed like a there's a hole ripped in the Bible pages in the window. They showed the church across the street from from where this was at. Um, the priest room also had a copy of like Astronomers Weekly or something that talked about how a comet had come through the sky on June sixth five years ago resembling the shape of the star Bethlehem, which apparently kind of feeds back to this poem that he was talking about that when this happens, that's a sure sign that the antichrist will be born. Hmm. Um, and while the photographer was in there before was taking uh, pictures, caught a picture of himself in the mirror in the priest's room. And much like the prior pictures that he had taken of the priest with that shadow that turned out to be how his death would come about, the photographer took a picture of himself with a big, jagged scar across his neck. So he's telling Gregory Peck, I'm definitely involved in this. This is this is the picture that I took. So based on that, the two of them take a flight to Italy. And this is when the movie gets really good. Yeah. This is this this turn into the buddy the buddy like <laughs> detective film. This is where Lethal Weapon happened. This is where <laughs> where Donner got the idea for Lethal Weapon. Exactly. Yeah. This redeems the movie for me. Okay. Because if it if it just stays uh, dark and people people are dying, it I don't it doesn't it wouldn't have done it for me as much so okay. i really i really enjoyed the italy sequence you like this piece of it yeah is that mostly because you're a big fan of italy though? i do i did make me want to go back to italy really sure. bad yeah for sure, sure. they decide they're going to go back to the hospital where they had where damien was born 
where Gregory Peck's character's um, child had died. But they find out not long after that day, the hospital is destroyed by a fire. Mm-hmm. And all records that were in the hospital were destroyed by this fire. The maternity ward destroyed by the fire. And nursery. Yes. Um, but they go to the hospital that's been built on the same grounds and they're talking to um they're talking to one of the nurses there to find out any information they can find. And it turns out that the father that had recommended the adoption at the very beginning survived the fire. And he's in some monastery uh somewhere out in the country. Um did you notice the elevator in this scene? Yeah, what was with that? Like perpetual elevator? Yeah. That you just have to hop in? Yeah. It seems dangerous. It was like one side going up, one side going down. And like you just waited till like an opening showed up in that elevator and you just got into it and, and went on up. It must have been a thing in Italy. I, I guess. Know, they had weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like pasta. That, well. Uh, again, that's not that weird. You're right. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, I kind of like that. I'd like to try one of those elevators. It see it made me scared in the way that like the elevator did. Yeah, that if you know when you get into an elevator today, how like if the elevator were to like fall like right like halfway when you're halfway in the elevator, yeah, then you'd get like chopped in half. That's what this this elevator gave me that sense of fright of like the elevator is like if you don't time it right. Yeah, and you're not fully in, but you might get cut in half. Um, it's interesting you say that. In that, you've been cut in half by an elevator. I have <laughs> twice. Um, it's really weird. Yeah, I've got good doctors. It feels great though. Um, it doesn't feel good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. Um, no, as much as you don't like any kind of spoilers in a movie, and at some point, I don't know if we'll we'll watch it or not, but in the sequel to this movie. Somebody gets cut in half in an elevator. What? Yeah. Spoiler. I know. Big one. But foreshadowing. Yeah. Here. Maybe. Maybe they were just kind of, uh, they were sowing the seeds of love Mm -hmm. in this. I don't think so. Um, So our dynamic duo here, they drive out to go find this uh, old monastery where the survivor uh, father, the one who had recommended the adoption. I just love this like buddy part of them driving out yeah. and stop for coffee at a gas station it's, that's right yeah they get a cappuccinos that's right <laughs> yeah great. there's like a whole so like good. barista situation going yeah, on at the I gas station it. that's right yeah somebody's like working on their car they have the hood up and like they're like working on the engine like, yeah while they sit and drink cappuccinos and talk about this it's fantastic it's so it's italian like, yes it really is i also it <laughs> realizing that i've only been to like the kind of very southern end of italy it was it seemed very mountainous Hmm. um and i don't know maybe you can go not far out of rome and you're kind of in a kind of cold mountainous area but i was like is that i realize far north you're up near the alps the italian alps but it can get i mean it's cold in the winter it's cold like all over yeah so that's true um but yeah they find their way to this old monastery and they're talking to a younger priest who knows they're going to show these two to the the priest that survived the fire but they get a little they get their learning on a little bit about what 666 means 
Mm-hmm. So 666 is like the the perversion of the Holy Trinity. So uh, 666 meaning the devil, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Um, the perversion of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Marking what that 666 meant on that Father's birthmark. Birthmark's going to come back into play. They find the Father who survived the fire... Uh, and he's messed up. Like half of his face is all burnt. One of his eyes is all all white and, and burned out, I guess. Well, then he can barely kind of write. So I'm guessing like half of his body kind of got burned. Yeah. Deformed. Yeah. So the chicken fried father manages to write out directions to a uh, a cemetery where the guys find the graves of uh, Damien's mother and uh, Gregory Peck's dead child in their right next to each other the graves are right next to each other did he die did the son die the same night that the fire he didn't know about the fire until just now it had to happen like days later then okay yeah yeah you yeah they were just buried next to each other right next to each other so the open the mother's grave um and that's where we see the bones of a jackal Hmm. a jack-o'-lantern jackalope Jackknife, all the jacks that we covered already. Yes. Um, Jack Skellington. (laughs) Very appropriate in this case. Good one. Um, Which freaks them out. As it should. For sure. You're seeing animal bones in the grave of what should have been the mother of this child. So then Gregory Peck opens the... Okay, now I have a question. Okay. So did the jackal walk into the hospital and go like, hey, I need to give birth. Like, can you help me out? Yeah, and said it just like that, I think. How does that happen? They, I don't think the jackal was probably in the hospital. Was the was it a woman and then as she gave birth turned into a jackal? No, <laughs> I don't think so. But now you're raising an even bigger question for me is why the fuck did they bury the jackal? I, b- bigger question, why did they per- deliver a child from a jackal? Because they're purposely trying to bring the Antichrist into the world. Oh. That's why. Okay. So the father... The so one they, that, so the, the church and the church-driven hospital was all uh, part of this plan. I don't know that the whole hospital was in on it, but the father, the father who ended was. up burned and advised on that adoption was... Why is the church trying to bring the Antichrist into the world? The, I don't think the church is. I think it's like a splinter group of of the church. A splinter cell. Yes, exactly. Um, why they want to, I don't know. They lost faith. They were, they were offered some sort of power to bring this about. I'm not sure. That doesn't ever become clear. But then the priest who who gets impaled by the lightning rod. Right. He seems like he's trying to stop it. Right. But he was part of it. And now he's trying to turn it around. He was part of it, we know, because oh, he's got okay. that 666 birthmark. Yeah. If you really stop and start to try to break this apart, it starts raising a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I didn't notice when I watched this as a kid. I just kind of accepted sure. it. Sure. Why would you? Because it's sheer entertainment is why. Um, so yeah, Gregory Peck opens up his child's grave and we learn that the, his infant was murdered. We see like a big hole in the skull. Yeah. 
um, meaning that this was then planned, that they killed the child purposefully so that he would adopt Damien. And part of the poem that the father reads before talks about, and this is a discussion they have over Cappuccino when the car is being worked on, that the poem, they start kind of breaking it down a little bit. And there's a line in it about how the Antichrist will um, will rise from the sea. And like biblical scholars have already kind of pointed out that this means politics. And they just kind of glaze over that real quick. And I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, no, obviously that's that's the case. But whatever. So they found the perfect patsy to raise the Antichrist, apparently. I guess. Yeah. Um, so they, after they've disrupted these graves, the dogs come. Mm-hmm. So this whole pack of uh, Rottweilers show up at the cemetery and start circling them uh, and attacking. They get out. Not necessarily unscathed, like Gregory Peck, like impales his arm on yeah, one of the uh, spikes hurt. on the cemetery gate. That whole dog sequence was tense. Just like vicious dogs trying to bite you is not comfortable to watch. No, and I couldn't. I was also thinking, how do you train a dog to act mean and bite, but not like take it all the way? So with the the close ups of like the dogs that were. You just saw like the heads; they were puppets. Really? Yep. Um, and apparently, again, in the little bit of research I did on this, the main dog in the house, um, they had a lot of trouble having him seem imposing because he just wanted to play and lick with all the uh, all the characters in the movie. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how you train a dog to attack, but for those close-ups where huh. you might actually get bit by a dog, uh, they're puppets. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the Gregory Peck's putting pieces together. He's gotten a lot of these pieces now, and he's starting to realize that, oh, shit, this is this is not good. He calls his wife in the hospital, um, says he's in Rome. He wants her to come um, to him in Rome, that the, the help will take care of Damien in the meantime. So she's in the hospital getting ready to leave and she gets caught up like in her hospital gown like she's undressing and can't to be fair she's got a cast on one of her arms yeah full arm cast yes um and then david bowie nanny shows up in the hospital room um and pushes her out of the window she falls out of the window falls through conveniently falls through an ambulance right through the hood (laughs) or not through the hood but through the roof of the ambulance um and then we see her laying on a stretcher in the back of the ambulance, obviously dead at this point. So she's been taken out. He, Gregory Peck, learns of this. Uh, obviously distraught. His wife's been killed. They think it's a suicide. But something about that then jars his memory. Like he suddenly comes up with like, it, the entire poem that this father told him one time a couple of weeks ago comes back to him in full. So he rereads or reiterates the poem to the photographer that the uh that the father told him about. And they realize that they now need to go to Megiddo to see Buka Buk 
Bu- what's his remember. name? Bucharest. Bucharest. That's kind of no. what I kept going for. <laughs> That's not it, though. Uh, Buchanan. They need to go to Maghetto. Maghetto to see, to see Buchanan. Buchanan. Where is Maghetto? Maghetto is um, near Jerusalem. Okay. Um, according to the movie. And it's named after Armageddon. That's where the name comes from. So they travel to to Israel. They get to Megiddo. They meet Buchanan, who's at this um, excavation site, like this archaeological site. And he he gives Gregory Peck. Well, he first pushes the photographer out of the room, like lets him know that this is for the Gregory Peck character and, and nobody else's ears presents him with these nine daggers tells him that he needs to kill the child by stabbing him with these daggers and then in a certain way like a certain shape um to not only kill the child but then to kill the spirit of the child yeah, I think he says essentially um so another question why why is Buchanan hanging out here if he knows this whole thing's going on, why isn't he trying to find the Gregory Peck character to tell him this? Why is he waiting for him to come That's to him? That's a great question. Why anything? It'd be a shorter movie, I guess. Who is this person? He's, How does he know? He's the Indiana Jones of yeah. of Satanists. I don't know. He knew the priest because he, when they first meet, he asks if the priest has died. So he knew the father that ended up getting spiked. Yeah, I didn't know who who this guy was, why he knew, how he knew th- how to kill it, yeah. why he had the daggers. None of that made any sense to me. Yeah. So Gregory Peck grabs the daggers, leaves. When the photographer comes to ask him what he learned, Gregory Peck essentially says, this is ridiculous, I'm not going to kill my son, this is ridiculous, and throws the daggers away. To which the photographer goes to chase after the daggers, and this is when somebody gets out of a truck that's hauling sheets of plate glass, and they hit the emergency brake on their way out. The truck starts rolling backwards. The photographer is bent over, grabbing the bag of daggers, the truck hits something, which causes the sheets of glass to fly off the back of the truck, just as the photographer stands up uh, and decapitates the photographer. Mm-hmm. And it's like the the battleship Potemkin of decapitation scenes. We just see it from multiple angles over and over and over again. It's a great scene. It is, for sure. It's effective. Yeah. No doubt. Um, obviously Gregory Peck is taken aback by this, um, (laughs) to put it lightly. Yeah. To put it lightly. He covers his eyes and turns around. Yes. And screams. But I think he also puts it together that when the photographer, he showed, he saw the picture that the photographer had taken of himself with the jagged edge across his neck. Well, plus the photographer had just said, like, if you're not going to kill him, then I will. Right. Right. As he said that he dies, he gets taken out. So this kind of lights the fire under Gregory Peck. How do you think Gregory Peck goes and gets those daggers? Or when do you think he does after that? 
Because surely there's going to be police. Sure. There's going to be Talkers for sure. There's people. Does he? Does he? Does he do like a quick in and out before? I think that's exactly what it is. Yep. Starts. Because if he waits, he's not getting those knives. Police are going to be like, "Well, what do you need these knives for? Yep. Like, why are the knives here?" I think that's exactly it. I think he went in, grabbed him real quick, and off he goes. And he probably has some sort of diplomatic immunity hmm. that he can uh, escape the situation. Well, I noticed he escaped in weapon. like in a, like a Learjet. <laughs> that's right, he does. <laughs> Yeah, he flies back home in a Learjet. Yeah. Yep. He goes home. Uh, um, there's a great scene of him. He does a couple things. He he traps a dog. He traps the Rottweiler like in the basement. I couldn't quite tell where they were in the house. It at that was point. hard to tell because it looked like he it looked like he trapped it in the basement, but then it shows him like upstairs. Right. And like looking, it was confusing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where. I don't understand the. Uh, the, the layout, geography, of the geography and layout of that house. This is confusing to me as the Millennium Falcon. Um, that's understandable. He does a little, uh, little hair trimming. So he's looking for. He was told that his son would have the same birthmark, that same six 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 birthmark. Right, and if it wasn't on his skin, it would be under his hair. That's right. So he's doing a little. Little hairstyling there in the bed while Damien's sleeping and uh, uncovers that, yep, indeed, he does have the 666 birthmark on his head under his hair. So he, that's the point. He knows what what he's got to do. So he grabs Damien, but uh, the Bowie nanny shows up to intervene here. They have a struggle and she's, she's taken out by cutlery. Um, there's like a carving fork and then a maybe just a regular fork. There's, I, I there's couldn't a lot tell of forks. There was two things. I couldn't tell what one of them was. Yeah. Um, but she ends up with both of these things kind of stuck in her like shoulder and, and neck situation. So the part that like got me was she goes to like as she's dying, she goes to grab one and like breaks the breaks handle off. off. Yeah. Oof. yeah. I don't know why that hurts more than getting stabbed, but it's rough. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. So he's got he's got Damien, he takes off, and then he passes by these cops that start chasing him because he's speeding. Yeah. This is his house, right? That's right. So did was the, the nanny death was that in like the nanny quarters of the house? Yeah, I think it was upstairs because she's got a room right off of Damien's room. Okay. Yeah. But then I didn't I didn't understand the cops then. Because yeah. they're like basically at the front gate of his house. Like, were they there and did the nanny call the cops or something? They might be there because maybe the wife's death was suspicious. I don't know. The cops didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out why the cops were there or why they started following him. Unless he's now, to your point before, maybe he's now involved with the death of the photographer in some way. Maybe they're looking at at him for that reason. I don't know. It wasn't clearly explained. But he, if he got the knives, like you said, he was in and out. Nobody knew he was with the photographer. Right. But the cops, the cops didn't make any sense other than, well, they're necessary. They for need the end to be the there movie. at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Gregory Peck takes Damien to a church because if he's going to kill the Antichrist with these daggers, it has to be on holy ground. That's something we learned as well. Right. He is getting prepared. He's got. 
like one hand on Damien, like kind of pinning him down. He's got one dagger up in the air. And this is one of the only like clear lines of dialogue that this kid has in the movie. Yeah. Where he says, no, daddy, please. No, daddy, do not kill me. Please don't kill me, daddy. I prefer you didn't. I like English toffee. That's, uh, is that an English accent? Is that your English accent? No, I'm not sure what accent that was. Um, Daddy, no, please don't. Yes. <laughs> is that your baby, Mick Jagger? Yeah. Um, so it looks like Gregory Peck's almost swayed for a second by this, but then goes to swing the dagger down. Dagger down is the name of my dagger down. EP. Um, and the cops have busted into the church, guns a blazing, and then it kind of fades out, fades back in to a churchyard where we see two coffins. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. At this point, were you thinking those two coffins were Gregory Peck and the kid? No, I thought it was Gregory Peck and his wife. Okay. Yeah. I, this did not. It didn't fool me. It one didn't bit. surprise you at all. No, it didn't surprise me. I, I didn't know the ending, but it didn't surprise me one bit. I I knew for a fact that that kid was still alive. Yep. So because <laughs> the cop cops bust into the church and there's like, there's they're telling him to put the dagger down or they'll shoot, and then the cop shoots, and I just yeah, it's too convenient. Yeah, it's a good. I don't know if good, but it's a it's a classic maybe I'd twist a rue ending, perhaps. Maybe I just had seen I've seen so many twists now that like it That's what you expect. I just expected it. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, I bet it was like a shocker to the to audiences. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out the two coffins there are Gregory Peck and his wife. Um the they show who turns out to be the president of the United States. Yeah, why does the president adopt Damien? There was a brief line earlier in the movie where um, Gregory Peck's talking about he met with an old friend, but they didn't have a lot of t- lot to talk about. His wife says, since when do old college roommates not have a lot to talk about? And he says, since he's become the president of the United States. So they go back a long ways, apparently. Hmm. But yes, the president of the United States now holding on to Damien's hand. And the movie ends with Damien turning, facing directly into the camera and giving a little smile. A really creepy smile. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I guess the twist that got me was they show, they do the whole like 21 gun salute thing with the military folding up the flag yeah i thought that they were going to hand the flag to the to kid Damien. and that was going to be the reveal yeah. instead of the way that they i think it would that would have been i mean i'm biased because i just thought of this but no i thought the same thing i, I thought that, that, that would have that's what they were going to do and i think it would have been a more effective reveal yeah um but yeah that's how it ends nick what were your initial thoughts on the movie uh pre-final thoughts pre-final thoughts right we talked initial thoughts already i enjoyed it i think my like right when it ended i thought that that was good uh my only major beef with it was the jarring musical cues that i think they relied on a little too heavily yeah i could have used a different um uh sound mix sure 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 it this maybe could do with some remastering 
perhaps. Okay. Uh, and rescoring. Yeah. I think they just relied on that too much. So, okay. Yeah. And you've now had a couple hours to formulate final thoughts. I have. Um, I, I, def, I liked the movie. And, and I, I said this before, but if it hadn't been for like the Italy road trip buddy sequence, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't have rated it so high. But um, but I loved that. I loved when they stopped for gas yeah. and got cappuccinos and, and talked. And they were just yeah. like driving through the, the Italian countryside. Right. I loved it. Okay. Like going to the monastery, the 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 graveyard set. The movie like take it takes a a huge turn at that point. It and, really like, does. Yeah. It's like a whole totally different film. Yeah. Um it was like Gregory Peck's Roman Holiday but with his photographer <laughs> so. Right. Um what do you think happened in that hotel room? <laughs> you don't want to know. I kind of do though. Um did it scare you at all? no it didn't scare me uh there was tension so there was tension in the dog scene uh Uh, there's tension in the final sequence of the scene with the david bowie nanny yeah when she's trying to kill him uh but i really wasn't scared okay there wasn't the music was telling me to be scared but (laughs) But i was like actually i I hear you music and i'm not scared i appreciate your trying but i'm not there okay and then the the final scene where uh the kid is going don't don't kill me daddy yeah uh that was just really uncomfortable yeah 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 super uncomfortable well apparently i think one of the things that richard donner was trying to do was make it more like trying to take out a lot of the supernatural piece of it so it became more of a question on whether gregory peck might be losing his mind and whether like there's a question of whether or not his kid is actually the antichrist and i i like that take on it i don't think that ended up in the final movie yeah i like the idea of that take yeah but it didn't play out it didn't if no. that's what they were trying to do yeah and i think i think they were trying to kind of have it both ways honestly um at the very beginning it's not necessarily obvious point by point but as he starts to kind of unravel the mystery as it were we're we're essentially told yep you're your kid's son of the devil if you were to rate this movie nick what would you rate it yeah i thought long and hard about this um and like i said if it hadn't been for the italy road trip yeah this would have gone this movie would have been a lot lower for me okay um i gave it a four give it a four i enjoyed the film i was into the plot I was, I like, I thought Gregory Peck did a great job. Uh, I was interested to see where it was going. Yeah. I'm glad that I watched it. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, four, four sixes. You, you um, gave the movie four sixes? I'm not going to give it four sixes. I think I might give this movie, I might give it three sixes. Three. Three. I mostly based on, I remember watching this as a kid and this movie freaked me out when I was a kid, the few times that I saw it. And then watching it this time, I wasn't, there are eerie parts to it, but it doesn't, it doesn't hold up as well to me as it, as I remember it being as a kid. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this go around, I came away with a lot more questions. Yeah, I can see that. And I think as a kid, the music is going to cue you. For sure. You're not going to know to not, you, you know, you, yep. you, you won't, 
unpack what the director's doing at that point. Right. So, yeah. But also the thought of the son of the devil being, being raised and brought to the world scene. And I'm not, wasn't raised religious, not a religious man, but still knew enough to know that that's not good news. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a good movie. I think it's well put together. Um, as you said, Gregory Peck, I think does a great job. The kid's creepy as shit. Um, I like the photographer. David Warner does a great job. Um, it just doesn't hold up to me as well as I remember it from, from childhood, which isn't the film's fault necessarily, but Hey, that's how I feel about it. Hey, we're reviewing it now. Not then. So exactly right. So three sixes I'm given, I'm given the omen. Um, do you want to call out again? This was a listener suggestion. Thank you, Peter. Um, Peter was fairly certain that this one was really going to get to you. Really? Why? Yeah. Why, Peter? He's not here to answer it's that dated. question. It's dated. It is relying on musical cues. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see how this was going to get to me. Okay. All right. I dare you to find a movie to get to me. I'm going to find one. <laughs> I'm going to find one. Um, maybe even the next one, Nick. Oh, no. What are we watching next? Here's what we're going to do. We're, uh, we're going to stick around in the 70s for a little bit. Okay. Not going to get to me. You don't think so? Well, let's find out what You think is. the 70s is going to pull you out of it because you're going to be... It gonna, might. It's it's happened in the past. Let's see what happens. Uh, let's stick around in the 70s. I think it's time we bring some David Cronenberg into this situation. Um, we're going to watch the film Rabid, um, one of the f- early, early David Cronenberg movies um, from 1977. David Cronenberg went on to do the remake of The Fly, um, he did Videodrome. He did Scanners. This is uh, this is one of his earlier films. This is that from 1977. All right. Um, hey, guys. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for those who have left some reviews uh, on iTunes. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Horror Curious. You can follow us on Instagram, also at Horror Curious. Send us an email, recommend movies. Um, let us know what what we're missing. Peter, I know you'll let us know, but let us know why you think Nick would have been really bothered by this movie. Um, we're at Gmail, horrorcurious at gmail.com. Reach out to us that way if you would like. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks to talk about Rabid by David Cronenberg. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Horror Curious. I am Bill Badgley. I am Nick Kaiser. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Like a dolphin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they squeak. That's true. <laughs> and they eat uh, small fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They jump around to do tricks for, for many people. My balls follow boats. I don't know what that's about. <laughs>